Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's gloriously lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Greetings, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. But the Tim Dodd is currently in Arizona and was able to record an on-the-road episode with Brother Aaron McGarry, pastor of Arizona Believers Church, to talk about missions, the importance of the experience of missions, and the blessings attached with it, namely the assurance of knowing that you're always in God's perfect will when you support missions. Brother Tim. We're here with Brother Aaron McGarry, pastor of Arizona Believers Church in Phoenix, Arizona with whom we just had some wonderful meetings this weekend. And so I thought it would be a good opportunity to touch base with him about missions. Welcome, Brother Aaron. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Brother Aaron's just a a relatively new pastor. Um, What year did you start the church here in Phoenix? Uh, 2020. Now, previous to that, Brother Aaron was a traveling evangelist, has been overseas many times, uh, working on the mission field, experiencing what God's doing in foreign nations, in spreading this message around the world. Brother Aaron, what uh, countries did you travel to while you were still on the field? I've been to Uganda, Tanzania, Ghana, the Congo, South Africa, and uh, Honduras would be the ones that I could think of right offhand. Amen. That's wonderful. You know, you can't hardly relate to mission work unless you've been on the field and understand where the people are at in these various countries. And every country is unique. And so uh, you've traveled, you've been involved. Have you been involved in translation, printing, anything like that? Only to the extent that um, we've helped uh, support through giving on some translation works and printing. But you've been involved with the people in understanding their need to put the message into your hands. You said something very interesting to me the other day. And that, you know, when you first started traveling, you felt like in order to be effective, that you needed to travel more and to be present on the field much more than you uh, might be expected to be. But then you came to the realization, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you came to the realization that that really it, that's impossible. And what the people really need is to get a hold of the message and to receive the message of the hour. Right. It, when I first went overseas, and it was my trip, I think, both to Honduras and Uganda, I was you know, struck, number one, by the need of the people for the message, um, whether it be books and materials or teaching but probably more so even the hunger, the hunger for the word, the desire to hear it, even amongst the ministers. And there was this overwhelming sense that to meet the need, you know, you would need to come back more frequently uh, just to match their intensity, their desire for the word, uh, their need for it. And it was a sense of being overwhelmed thinking, wow, we can't travel here enough or someone would have to live here. And so I was burdened in that sense of, well, should I be going more? Um, you know, is that the real answer to it? And I was having lunch with Brother Biscoe 
around that time period. And he began to share with me his vision in missions. And it may have just been summed up in one statement that he made that when he saw a need, his vision was to get the message to the people in their own language and in the hands of other gifted ministers who could take that message and bring it to the people. And in that moment, that burden lifted. And I realized the best thing for these nations and these countries is gifted men with the, as much of the message as we could give them. And they'd be in much better hands than if any one of us was traveling there with great frequency. Amen. You know, I think that uh, as I've mentioned this weekend, even in the meetings, the, the key to spreading the message is number one, get the message into the language that the people can understand. And number two, find ministry that can spread the message to their people. And if you have those two things, you have the makings of an awakening within the message of the hour. One hundred percent. Even as I've expressed to you in our fellowship that an easy ask when it comes to supporting something as a church when we support missions is printing the message, translating the message, getting the message in the hands of the people uh, or the supporting of a minister um, who is either evangelizing or doing missionary work within his own country or spreading the message. Uh, I see those as two most important components of uh, of a you know missionary work. Amen. Now you've traveled with other ministers, more senior ministers, especially when you were younger. And I think that experience, perhaps as you watched them and, and traveled with them as a younger minister, probably enhanced your understanding and experience of how to deal with things on the mission field. Absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I could probably make the argument that I wouldn't have uh, the burden I have today or even the, any of the knowledge I have today of missions, except that I was asked to go on trips with other ministers, that I was exposed to their efforts and you know understood their vision and labored in their vision. So really, I do owe it to other men of God who included me and, and taught me that I even have a conscious of, consciousness of it today. And what you experienced probably plays a large role in how you deal with the things that you're encountering today as a pastor. And it's broadened your experience in dealing with believers and dealing with different cultures and those kind of things. How does that relate in your mind? That's actually, um, you know, it's actually a good point. Maybe even something I haven't considered necessarily in terms of how even mission work, you know, can make you even a better pastor locally or have direct impact on how you relate to things locally. But I will say that, you know, doing things beyond your own borders or beyond your own assembly, open up your eyes to where you you clearly see that what you're doing in the local church is a small part of what God's doing globally and that it's bigger than yourself. No one church is the true church. No one pastor is the pastor. And when you go overseas, you see the real move of God, a, a sincerity amongst the people and real genuine believers. It expands your understanding to realize it's, it's way beyond you. It's not about you or even your church, and it's much bigger. And it builds your faith in that way. And maybe in that sense, when you deal with problems at home or you deal with individual problems, you're always mindful that it's, it's bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, there's a bigger picture that you need to take into consideration. Hey Amen. I think that's very true. I find that the the way that God deals with things around the world makes us realize that this is really something that is Holy Spirit controlled. It is not controlled by a headquarters. It's not controlled by, like you say, a single church or no one church is the church or no one ministry is the ministry and all of those things. But it's amazing how sovereignly God will move in a place and then you end up being there and maybe being able to minister to believers or new believers or established believers. And all of a sudden you realize that this whole move of God in the last days is way bigger than any one person can get a hold of. Absolutely. And it's, as I said before, it's, it's faith building. I can remember my faith being so encouraged early on when I had the first opportunities to go overseas. And I believe it's one of the reasons why we often encourage people um, who have, haven't been overseas or been on a missions trip to go because it really does change your experience. It changes, broadens your understanding. Um, you become more uh, aware of needs around the world and the way other people live. You're reminded of just how precious the message really should be to us. I think missions work is not only vital for a church, but a missions experience can really enhance someone's understanding of the message and what God's doing in the end times. Amen. How true, Brother Aaron. You know, now you're a pastor. The Lord has molded you, and I will say it's been a blessing to be with you and be with your people this weekend. And thank you for the opportunity to see what God's doing through your ministry here in Phoenix and in the lives of the people. But now as a pastor, you have now an added perspective on missions. And and one thing that I've noted is that you, as you have asked questions and desired to know and to participate and assist or support the work in the missions field, that you're a missions-minded individual. Give me some, give me your thoughts on A, how you feel about it, and B, how you feel it's important in a local church to have this missions attitude towards the message of the hour. I think I'd start by saying that, and maybe paraphrasing, and I wish I had the exact wording in front of me, but I believe Brother Bram said something to the effect that you're always in God's will when you're doing missions. Right. And not being a missionary myself and realizing that not many people will do mission work in terms of the boots on the ground or even the, um, you know, the logistics of it. Mm-hmm. We can all be involved with that uh, in our giving. Mm-hmm. And... If you want to be in the will of the Lord, Brother Branham said, you're always in his will by doing missions. So that's what a comfortable place to be as a believer is in God's will. So Mm -hmm. I believe it's our duty as believers. I believe it's our duty as Christians to uh, do mission work. And if it's even look to the under the Great Commission, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. We have a duty to do mission work. And there's a lot of opportunities for individuals and for churches to do mission work. And so it's our duty, I believe, to do it. We're in the will of God when we're doing it. And I've noticed that just even in our own assembly, as we had that burden to be involved in mission work, to do mission work, that whenever we've had a mind uh, beyond our own four walls and our own needs locally that we've given and we've supported and we've prayed 
for mission work that there has been a you know direct benefit and blessing spiritually to our assembly mm-hmm. and even meeting needs that we had as a young church right. and I can remember one of the very first times that we took up a mission offering uh, we were still meeting in a temporary place uh, it was a pop-up service at a hotel every Wednesday every Sunday we were setting up prospects for a building uh, there was none we were looking constantly uh, things were very very expensive and we took up a missions offering to support a very specific work overseas. We raised several thousand dollars just in one morning of a missions offering. And I think it was within a month we had our own building. Mm. And I personally attributed it to um, the faithfulness of the believers to give uh, to needs that they could give to. Mm-hmm. And then God in turn provided a need that we necessarily couldn't achieve ourselves, but we needed some help in. So I believe that... Uh, maybe not in a prosperity sense or so into any particular ministry, but just in the reality of the promise of God that when we perform our duty and we're in his will, good things happen. Amen. And we've experienced that as an assembly. Amen. Amen, brother Aaron. You know, that's a tremendous testimony because it wasn't that necessarily you couldn't afford a place to worship, but you couldn't find a place to worship. Right. And so, uh, you know, when you focus your thoughts in the greater commission, God included you in that uh, blessing and and opened up a door for you to have a better place of worship. Is that the church you're in right now? It is. Uh, it's the church. Uh, first time we actually found a facility that could meet our needs. Uh, and real estate is very expensive here in this Phoenix area and hard to come by even commercially. So we saw it as a miracle. As a matter of fact, we had received notice from... Uh, the facility that we're renting from that they wanted to increase our rent by over $10,000. And we took that as a, we don't want you anymore ultimatum. Mm-hmm. And within three hours, we had identified a new property. And when I met with the landlords, they said that that morning they were expecting a signed lease. Mm-hmm. And they had gotten notice at 11 o'clock that morning that the lease wasn't going to be signed. And it was at that very moment that I had gotten the email from the hotel wanting to raise our rent. And he said, within three hours, we reached out to them about their their listing for this property. So we just saw the hand of the Lord in it. And again, going back to your original question, I could not disassociate that that happening from um, the burden of the people and the and the, the overt actions of the people to support mission work. Amen. So appreciate that, Brother Aaron. Appreciate you sharing that testimony with us. I think that sometimes people don't know how or what or where sometimes necessarily to express their mission's burden. Of course, anybody that's listening to this podcast knows that Bible Believers is involved in missions and that that uh, many of our listeners are also supporters of Bible Believers, and we appreciate that. And from a church perspective, Brother Aaron, and another church, now I will say that, that Arizona Believers Church here has been supportive of the work in Bible Believers and has taken on an individual uh, project of printing of books in Uganda in one particular language. And we so appreciate that help and support because Bible Believers is really just a channel through which we connect uh, those that are burdened for missions with those that are needy. And so we're just kind of the go-between in that respect. 
But what would you say, Brother Aaron, especially in regards to perhaps a small church or a church that maybe hasn't been involved very much in missions, uh, but now as you're working in that field, how does it relate to you? I think that you have to make a deliberate, um, conscious effort to be mindful of uh, mission work. Uh, for most of us, maybe in our local assemblies and just our daily lives, we're not confronted with the realities that face believers around the world. Uh, we're not often thinking about how this message is being spread into areas where it's ne- hasn't entered before. So there do- does need to be something happen that kind of surfaces that in our hearts and it makes us aware of it. And I think it, you know, as a pastor, I feel it's my responsibility to remind the people um, that that they should be giving to missions and that they should be faithful um, in their support of things beyond just their tithes and offerings. Because you can see a scriptural examples of what we could call mission work in the Old Testament or mission offerings in the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, just as the church makes that available, give and hopefully the pastor is his in his oversight and, you know, the needs that he may know of. He may have specific things he can support, uh, specific opportunities that those funds can go to. I'd say as our church, being a young church, I was very grateful uh, that, you know, to know the Bible believers missions work, to know you, the works that you've been doing around the world, to be familiar with Brother Biscoe and his vision. And it was easy for me to support translation work. It was easy for me to support uh, the, the printing work as an individual. And then as a church, I mean, it's an easy ask to the believers that, do you want to help get the message out? Do you want to get the message translated? And I was grateful that we had someone that we could give these funds to instead of us trying to identify opportunities or an underserved area. Uh, we just don't have the resources or the knowledge. So I would say to anyone that if your church has a missions fund, give to it. If your church has missions projects they're supporting, find ways that you can support. If they don't, surface it. Mention it to the pastor. Do we? Do you take missions offerings? Do you support something? And if they don't, uh, you could give them a Believer's Faith Challenge Report. You could introduce them to a podcast. If you know of other works that uh, you support that are worthy of support, uh, mention it. And it, it just open up more channels for other people to participate. Because one thing that is part of my vision is and I think, Brother Tim, you might have other ways to amplify this, but a lot of times there's things that you could accomplish with your own resources, your own time and your own money and just get the job done. But I found that it's always better when you can get other people involved. Because a lot of times it's not just a matter of getting the job done, but it's can I open up opportunities to other people to be blessed? Uh, can we give them an opportunity to experience um, a burden and the fulfillment of that and the blessing that it is to others? For example, one time I was wanting to send uh, little thumb drives of all the message MP3s in Spanish uh, to young people at a youth camp in Honduras. And I mentioned it to a brother and he said, um, let's just pay for it and ship it over there. And I said, well, what if we had the young people do the project? I said, no, let's just pay for it and ship it over there. And my burden wasn't just to get the MP3s into Honduras. It was to get the young people interested in missions. Mm -hmm. And what we wanted to do was something where each young person felt personally invested in this project of getting the message out to these other young people. And we could have just paid for it and shipped it over there, but we would have deprived 30 to 50 something young people from the satisfaction 
of knowing there's things they could do and knowing it was something they did do and then seeing the reports and the testimonies afterwards of, hey, I, I did this. And it wasn't just a matter of throwing money at it, but it was getting other people involved. And I think that's at the core of mission work is not just one man show, not just a matter of money, but a matter of including as many people as possible so that they too can participate in the reward of it. Amen. No, I think that's very well said, Brother Aaron. And I found even myself as I've traveled around people everywhere in this message, a part of the bride of Jesus Christ are very moved when they see someone benefited by the efforts, whether it be of themselves or someone else on the mission field that brings them closer to the image of Jesus Christ and closer to being clothed with the wedding garment of the, of the word of God for this hour. We, we, in our local church, we give mission reports and it's never failed to come back to me from the people that how blessed they were to hear of what God was doing, of people getting saved, of churches getting books and, or of even sometimes a church being built or something like that. It's a really uplifting experience for people on this end to say, Hey, I was a part of that. And whether it be young people, as even in our own church, we have uh, Sunday school children that give in order to support uh, some translation and printing in a South American tribal language. And we appreciate all of those efforts and everybody feels a part of it. So you're exactly right. These are the things that are important. And one thing we even I think we're fellowshipping on a little bit ago is uh, one of the often overlooked aspects of a book of Acts is it was missionary work. It was the word going into places it had never been before. It was the, the gospel, the good news. And that's part of the book of Acts being written today is when we're doing mission work. And something you said made me think of this in that some of the most supernatural testimonies I've heard and what I would argue is a book of Acts being written is in missionary work when Men are, men are being led of God on the mission field to go into places where there's no convention, there's no open door, there's no established works, mm -hmm. but they're trying to find uh, a faithful man. They're trying to get the message into the hearts of the people. And the supernatural testimonies I've heard in those, uh, in those instances, it's another book of Acts. You've had some experiences in Ethiopia. My, mm -hmm. my uncle, brother, Dennis McGeary, will share testimonies that are just supernatural mm -hmm. in efforts to get the message in places it's never been right and god's working on both ends so mm -hmm. when we talk about a book of acts it's part of that writing is in mission work i absolutely agree and of course it's always the, the signs that follow the word not lead the word take the word in the signs will follow and we've experienced that many times. And a lot of times in North America, we have the idea that we want to see the book of Acts in me, but we're a part of the book of Acts that is being unfolded in these countries as we're involved in mission work. Not everybody traveled with Paul as he traveled into those cities and countries that took the message in there and God did supernatural things. But Paul was supported by the believers in different areas and took up offerings and and used that to take the gospel out in some of these places. Uh, the, Brother Branham calls him the greatest missionary there ever was. And by that, God used the church generally to accomplish all of these uh, things in these different countries. 
Well, this has been wonderful, Brother Aaron, and and we certainly don't want to make it long, but we sure appreciate you taking a few moments to talk to us. Thank you for being with us. Oh, the privilege was mine. It was a real privilege to have you this weekend ministering here. I appreciate the opportunity to be on a podcast. This is not maybe something I look forward to doing, but you caught me and glad to be a part of it. Amen. And we're so thrilled to see what God's doing through your ministry here in Phoenix, Brother Aaron. And and he talked about the church that they found. And I know they've had to do renovations to expand that church a couple of times. And the congregation, they still have to pack them in. So God is doing wonderful things here in Phoenix, Arizona. We're glad to be here this weekend. And this has been kind of an off-the-cuff or spur-of-the-moment podcast done over not in our studio, but while we're on the road. And uh, thank you, Brother Aaron, for being with us. And we trust for our listeners that this has been a blessing to you and an encouragement. Until next time, shalom. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the word of God. This was another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to hear more about what the Lord is doing around the world, please go to www.bibleway.org. That's www.bibleway.org. And subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates about what the Lord is doing. Additionally, if you desire to contact us, please email us at info at bible-believers.org. Once more, that's info at bible-believers.org. Or you can also write to us and our mailing address is Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington.